0: get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good. Ah! It's scary. Retro
1: Greetings and welcome once again to another episode of the Retro Redux Cephalic Retro Cephal- Cephal- It's a cephalopodcast, podcast, guys. Cephalocities. It's it's, it's it's a fake Retro. word that we use. And it's the only show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. That's really the important thing you got to walk away with. We are part of the of the Dorkening and the Art Podcast Networks, both of those. And as always, we are brought to you tonight by Deadly Grounds Coffee, coffee to die for. I am here, uh, as sometimes, as usually, with uh, with my good friend, my brother from the same mother, Eight Bit Alchemy.
2: Hey, that's correct, sir. How you doing?
1: oh I'm doing pretty good uh you know we got a returning guest because this this we do have a guest it is an episode of
0: <clears throat>
1: <clears throat> the got brig there you go uh and we have mr James lamond back from it came from the 508 productions James you are the director in case you didn't know of such such shorts, such horror shorts as the box of of One Last Kill and producer of Strawberry Lane. And now today you are here to talk about your new freaking project, which both 8 bit and I are just huge fans of. Really, which is fan. of course, of course, Beneath
0: the Red Umbrella. James Lamond, welcome back to the show. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm really happy to be here. I, uh, Hell yeah! I love talking with you guys about stuff. We had so much fun last time. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I expect dude. this to be a really good time.
1: Yeah, nice. I mean, we would have had you back, you know, just anyway. But you know, then you go and put out this thing. So we 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 saw you at a con a couple of months ago. We were at Monster Expo, yep. ran into you there, and you were talking about. Now you had told us about this. I think sometime last year where it was just kind of percolating and then a couple of months ago when we saw you you're like oh no it's like almost ready we're going to be launching it it's going to be amazing and we were that
2: was the first i had heard of it was was when we saw you a couple months ago um yeah i I think
0: i'm sorry i was just gonna say i think i mentioned it in passing to steve at monster expo last october okay i was kind of working on something with all the short story work and yeah in addition to the feature film and all that stuff so
2: I mean, it it really got my ear buzzing when you told, you know, the pitch again, you know, when you told me for the first time seeing you at Monster Expo. Um, So, I mean, if you want, if you want, James, just explain, you know, boilerplate, like what is your, what is your concept for Beneath the Red Umbrella?
1: What the heck is this crazy thing?
0: I, you know, I mean, people have tossed so many titles or descriptions at it's a horror podcast, which I feel is like not quite right. Because okay, a lot I of also was guests out there that don't do yeah. what we do. Um, what I have coined as it as is an immersive horror audio experience. Nice. That yeah. is the best way I could describe it. Are you gonna? Is it like? Are you tuning into like a storytelling podcast? Yes, but is it just a guy telling you stories? Hell no. Hell no! there's so much going on in this thing my god the audio
2: <laughs> engineering in every episode yeah. is
0: fucking crazy
2: dude like the the level of immersion that you go for because like i'll be honest i i went through a phase of listening to a lot of different like you know kind of horror immersive storytelling podcasts years ago and and uh the one that i found was uh was spooked um which is done by uh I, I think it's uh, some of the people affiliated with NPR, and um, and so they they did a similar idea, and so that was something that resonated a lot with me because I'm I'm like a total you know music and audio nut, and when you have a story that has these very like carefully crafted soundscapes, these sound effects, all these different things going on, it elevates it so much. And especially mm-hmm. where it's a podcast, where it's like, <clears throat> th- this is what you have. You have audio and you have just like completely created like these amazing, like you say, immersive experiences. I mean, every episode was was so good. I, I went through all four of them in one morning. Like I, was, like I was in traffic driving to work and I'm just like, I went through all four of them back to back. They're just like really, really immersive. So, I mean, that... That level of audio engineering has to be highlighted. Like that's a huge effort from you.
0: Yeah. The the um, not to talk myself up too much, but oh no, Go that's what you're Go here it, to do. Dude. We do can it. do it for as, you as too. The <laughs> umbrella goes. I'm the writer. I'm the director. I'm the audio engineer. I'm <laughs> um, yeah. I I kinda, yeah producer. You know, like yeah, I'm the producer. This is like I act in it. This is like yep. This is more my baby than anything I've done yet as far wow. as, like, yeah. my personal vision of what's mm-hmm. scary. This this isn't as... It's collaborative and, like, working with the actors and, like, that sense. But this was, like, from beginning to end, all six episodes of the first season, it's very much my singular vision. Mm-hmm. More so than even The Box or One Last Kill or Bro or... Um, yeah, this is this is this is just, all of it's just straight from my brain. Um, mm. that's the thing that that's why I am so happy that everybody loves it so much. I've heard nothing but yeah. great feedback back from it. Yeah, and that makes me like really like yes, <laughs>
2: like hell yeah, especially where it's yeah. like it's so singularly your thing. You know, that yeah. makes you feel so freaking awesome. Yeah,
0: that was the thing, and I mean, I gotta give sh- it, I gotta give it up for my cast, all all the oh, everybody. Yeah. That's been involved so far has abs that they it wouldn't be what it is it wouldn't be as good as it is if they weren't as good as they are Mm. yep yeah well you know
1: and even that's a a huge testament to you because these are these are like people you've worked with and these are you know friends of yours these are friends of ours in some cases um you know patsy and ashes from throw it on thursday our uh patsy's in a couple episodes so far ashes just absolutely freaking killed it in episode four Lo- love agoraphobic which was my favorite personal episode it's so far of, of of the first four for sure i think she just like like i don't know she she's like aiming for an oscar in that episode and and it's like ashes uh they, they're not gonna <laughs> see this but she Wait, sure. she She literally took it so seriously, but like everybody is just so there for you and like having fun with it. And so, uh, it comes through, it comes through in the performance and the final product and everything for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, It's, I mean, you know, it's easy to say, oh, this is all my babies and my idea, but without them, it, it just, it wouldn't be what it is. It's Mm -hmm.
2: impossible. I
0: couldn't, I couldn't play that many voices and make it work. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, you could have all the great writing in the world, but like if you don't have the additional talent to to fill these different roles, it would just it would
1: fall <laughs> unless flat. you're like D. Bradley Baker. I yeah, mean, yeah,
0: right.
2: <laughs> yeah, some yeah. kind of you know vocal chameleon.
0: Yeah, no, I mean that's the thing. Like it is a team. As much as like it, it is something that was singularly from my brain, it, it is a hundred percent a team effort, and everybody has mm. done an amazing mm. job. And well, amazing. you
1: know it's. It's it's really freaking cool because, you know, you are, as you said, you are a writer, you are a filmmaker, and I, I don't see anybody else going this route, going, you know, there's a different medium, there's something else in this, sort of like, you know, you're saying like, oh, you know, you, everybody asks you what it is, and, you know, it's hard to describe, hard to put in a box. That was a, that was a, it came from the 508 oh, shit. reference, oh, oh shit. hard to put in a box or the hard box. But um, I would, I would, you know, for me, it's like it's like the old radio plays, you know, that that's really exactly. of, of the 30s and 40s and stuff like that's really what it brings to mind, you know, uh, and because uh, you're doing there's there's a there's a whole cast, as you're saying. So nobody's like reading the story. There's a narrator. There are is a full cast. There are special effects all throughout. There is there's background music. There's a score. There's uh. You know, musical cues that help to deliver what the mood is, what the, what, you know, if something is just like a movie, if something needs, you know, that extra sting uh, to be scary or a swell or something to help your emotion get to where you want it to be, you're, you're providing that. And um, something compared, you know, compared to something like a, an audiobook or something like that, even a really great audiobook. Where the uh, the narrator is is doing a good job and doing voices and stuff. It's just not the same category of thing as what you've made here. Right. This truly is just different. It's dramatized, and it's fully produced. So to say it's fully immersive is a really good way to put it. I think. It, I feel it like is. listening
2: to the episodes in headphones is probably a whole different experience too, because I was just hearing it in my car. But mm. I mean, I imagine you've kind of like mixed it so that way you know your sounds are coming in. There's you know kind of around much, you a bit
0: the problem with and I'm working on this. I'm working on a 3D edition of Beneath the Red Umbrella. I'll oh, okay. announce that right now. I'm working on a 3D audio version. You Is heard that it here first set? you heard it here <laughs> at Retro To this first? I'm I've got to find a place that I can actually present it to people, but I have it. It's done. That's how it was cool. produced was in surround sound, was in that. 3d audio space so you got that full 360 (laughs) around your head sweet The problem is most podcast providers do not support that
2: oh no way i didn't even think about that
0: so the issue i had i i finished a lot of the episodes and then i started to upload them and i realized like somebody somebody said hey uh because with the cast i let them listen first obviously i wanted them to hear the fruits of their labor, and somebody kind of like real like slid into my DMs, just like, hey, uh, this audio sounds kind of weird. so like, it's good, but it sounds weird. And I'm like, uh oh, why? And then I went back and listened to it, and it's because it's only provided in stereo. So when you try yeah. to do something in stereo that's set for 3D audio and the, the 5.1, mm. everything comes off really wonky and low, like things get lower volume because there's not audio audio that aren't that are supposed to be there that aren't
1: Hmm.
0: so basically i had to go back and reconfigure everything for a stereo setup and then bring it out as the podcast which is was an extra like it was a while it it took a little Hmm. bit of work to get it to work right but um i i it's gonna happen it's gonna happen we're gonna have the full the full shebang as soon as I can find a place to actually, think hell, I'm I'm considering putting it out as a physical release so that people, as a fucking Blu-ray, just so people can get that 3D audio because yeah. that's, mm-hmm. it, you know what I mean.
2: Yeah, I was wondering. You know, thing,
0: you have to listen to it, but and it's kind of weird for a Blu-ray, but that's the only medium I can think of that I could actually pull this off, mm-hmm. and I know for sure right. it'll work. With it.
2: <clears throat> yeah, I don't know if like Amazon when they do, uh like if you re- if you were to release it like an audiobook you know if you were to collect all of your episodes of it and release it as an audiobook cuz i don't know if they allow 3D audio i i really I don't am not experienced enough I don't,
0: I don't think they do 3D audio generally hasn't been used this way as, okay. as, as a podcast or something like that it, it's it's mostly been video games and movies
2: yeah video games play. big on it yeah. for sure
0: yeah if playstation ever for some reason Came out with a podcast section We could probably (laughs) pull it off there But that's probably not happening (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. I think I think like the PlayStation 4 just has like uh, they have, you know, hooks in there for Spotify. Like you can just launch whatever from Spotify while you're playing yeah. your game. I've done that a few times. But yeah. Oh, man. Well, that 3D audio thing definitely, you know, got to find the, the right way to make that happen because you put in all that work. And like that's exactly what you you want to be able to kind of hear. Yeah, that's
1: I, that's the vision. Mm-hmm. I'm, still very happy.
0: That. I'm still very happy with the stereo version. I'm still very. Yeah, yeah. I want to be it adamant about that. Good. I yeah. I mean, it sounds it really people, good. People us say, oh, well, the 3d audio version is not, you know, the stereo is not as good. It's like, no, it, it's, it's, so different. it's just Yeah. Different. yeah. That's yeah. all. It's not bad. It's just different. Hmm. Right. And,
1: yeah, no, I, I think it, I think it sounds really good for sure. I didn't, uh, I certainly didn't like feel like wanting. It's not like mm-hmm. there was like, oh, this would be better if, I mean, maybe it would be better, but, um, it's, it's just it's like pretty different, great, you know. Right now, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: it's one of those things where if I hadn't mentioned, if I didn't mention a 3D audio version existed, yeah. no one would have thought of it. You know yeah, I mean?
1: I mean that that's the auteur mentality, though.
0: Like, right, like yeah. you're
1: like, oh no, no, my vision is this other bigger thing that's 140 percent me. This is only like 98 percent me. Like, you yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. But um, I mean that's that's like you know get your director's cuts and such, um, and if yeah. you're Quentin Tarantino, you film an extra six-hour movie in your two-hour movie. Um, So, yeah, so I'm interested in a a few things uh, that I think are just fascinating, and I'm interested to hear you talk about it. Uh, I want to talk about the cast. I want to talk about how you direct them. I want to talk about how you like cultivate these uh, sound effects and the music and all this stuff. Um, But first, let's talk about the writing, because that's really where it starts. so were these stories that you so I, we haven't mentioned this, but the episodes are actually kind of short. they are they're all, they're all ab- around 15 minutes or so. Um, and I remember when you were talking to us about it at Monster Expo, you were saying like that was a, a very specific decision that you made early on. You're like, I think that is the sweet spot for attention spans and that's what we're going to do. And I had to say at the time I was like, oh, that's so short. I wish it was longer. But now, but after hearing them and I've listened to each episode twice now, um, I, it, it's sort of like, I, I am happy to keep listening to more, but maybe the short shortness of those episodes is what's causing that. Maybe if it was a 45 minute episode, like I'll, I'll happily listen to an hour and then be like, Oh, is there another episode? But maybe if there was a 45 minute episode, it's like too long. And maybe, cause I found that with the, uh, like, you know, season. What is it? What what season of the Twilight Zone? Season four is the like hour long episodes, and that's like the weird ass season. It just didn't work. None, you know, none of the popular episodes are from that season. It wasn't even on Netflix when they had it on for like twenty freaking years. Um, obviously not twenty, but you know, I mean, I I I use the hyperbole. (laughs) I use the hyperbole sometimes here. but yeah, so I think that that's interesting and should be mentioned. These are kind of short, you know. They do not overstay their welcome, and they tend to have that. Now it is I am comfortable calling it this: the James Lamont twist, um, which is better than an M Night Shyamalan or Shyamalan <laughs> twist because because that guy just blows. But anyway, the, you know the, your twists are better than his twist, and and I think that that's that's the kernel of. Uh, you know what i loved about one last kill and there was a lot of that kind of stuff in the box as well there's a lot of like this is a way bigger story there's a lot more to what you've than more to the story than what you've presented and it leaves us wondering okay but what about that that whole prologue to the box and you know how it ends and you know all these different things that leave you you're like okay there's a lot more story to tell but With these, you know, you get that same sort of thing, like, you know, it's not just surface with you. And I think that is really awesome. And that's what I've liked. That's what, that's what I loved to begin with. And you have driven it home and you have not let me down. So bravo on the writing. So how did, how did these stories in particular start? Were these things that you had already, were they just kind of ideas that you had? And then you flushed them out because they were like these perfect 15 minute scripts, and uh and i think that's really interesting i don't even know how you do that like to to make it so perfect so if you want to talk about that process that'd be great
0: okay um so basically what happened was a pandemic happened oh if you guys didn't know a lot of a
2: lot of a lot of writing time right there surely
0: Uh, not no i had a well you know, now looking at it, hindsight's twenty twenty. I, I, it, it was a blessing in disguise. But I, hindsight
1: real- literally was twenty twenty.
0: Yeah, the year. In, yeah, yeah, like. it literally was twenty. Yeah, but literal. basically, what happened was when Charlie Baker shut down the state, he completely and utterly fucked my third movie, mm. for lack of a better word. But I was literally a day before shooting.
1: Right. I remember yep. you you talking about this when you came mm-hmm. on the first time. So, yeah. like,
0: you know, like the force of inertia, anything you're sprinting, you trip, you fall face first into a brick wall and there was no coming back. It was just a massive domino effect. We lost locations. We lost it, it all fell apart. But that's indie filmmaking. It happens at the time. I was really in my feels about it, though. So
2: understandable.
0: So I was sitting there festering about it for like months on end because i had nothing to do because nobody had anything to do because we couldn't go outside or something so i just started writing and writing and writing and writing and writing A year and a half later i've got something like 15 short film scripts two feature film scripts and 120 of these little concepts treatments and short stories that i all just ideas just an entire like fifty gigabytes of, of I don't know how if you guys are that tech savvy, but fifty gigabytes of Word documents, which is it's like a, it's an insane. if you're not
2: bullshitting, no, no. if you're actually like legitimately 50 <laughs> gigs of text documents, good I don't Christ, even know how that's babes. possible. That's like yeah. God but, damn. don't
0: get me wrong, not everything in there is a winner. <laughs> I you're mean, like I also
2: uploaded these really big high quality photos. In each one of the text documents, you know, to make the but it's a
1: text sticker. document. But it's though. still
0: a text document, you know, it's still <laughs> yeah. really it's no. impressive. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, to, to be fair, not all of these were, were winners. I mean, I spent like a week and a half writing a story about a werewolf with alopecia. Like I just had some pretty crazy ideas. Like no, I
1: I, I like that idea. There's not no don't, don't right. throw that out.
0: Yeah. Don't throw it out. Punch I gotta see whatever.
2: That.
0: <laughs> but there's just <laughs> some here. really out there shit and I eventually like I came to a, a point over the course of because we and then again a couple of months back we ran into financial snags with the feature with the with the uh, the crowdfunding and I was kind of just sitting there waiting for a while for lawyers and tax people to sort it out and I'm like, I cannot just keep going through this cycle of getting screwed over. I'm doing something different right now. And I started digging through those stories and I found six that really like, I looked at them and was like, all right, there's really something here. And I just redeveloped them into audio plays. And I said, okay, we're gonna do this crazy thing I have. Um, We're gonna make an audio, horror audio podcast, storytelling podcast, we're gonna do it this way. And I pitched it to everybody, the whole shebang, the sound effects, scoring. The whole night I was like we're taking everything that I've heard on storytelling podcasts and we're cranking it up to 11 And we're just throwing it out there and we're gonna see what the hell happens Um And that's basically where the writing came from I mean there was some In the transition to audio play there was some like exposition that got really gutted out of those Which is why they became so short was because I was like Okay, I don't need to describe this person because they have a voice, and I said they have hair, this color hair, and this is their build. That's all you need in that space because you don't need to go wild with this mm-hmm. deep explanation of what they look like. Like, you yeah, need, your brain will like connect enough of the dots together to give you a like picture of what you expect the person to look like. Mm-hmm. So a lot sure. of the exposition came out, and then I ended up with when those I was done rewiring those stories they all ended up in like the seven to nine page range. And I'm like, Oh, those are kind of short. But then I like, I, I physically took the first episode, the confession, and I sat some people on my couch and we did it. Like I narrated, they acted and we just did it rapid fire. (laughs) I looked at the clock. You had had
1: yourself a table read.
0: Yeah. We had a little table read with it. And we did it, but we did it like just like we would if we were doing the episode. I was like, just snap into it. Just snap into it. Don't stop. Don't stop. And I looked at the clock and I was like, okay, it's 17 minutes long. But that felt really good to me. I was like, right. It felt like substantial feels... and I was like, the length of the story to me didn't really matter. It was like what feels good. What feels good in this space? What's 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 speaking to me? as a listener and it really like that, that 15 to 20 minute format really stuck. Mm. And I think it's working out really well. I think so too. I'm I'm sticking with that,
1: Mm -hmm. but yeah,
0: pretty much where it all came from. It was just a product of me being like, interesting, sick of getting screwed over in independent filmmaking and saying, I'm going to do something completely different. So nobody can screw with this because it cost me all a $300 out of pocket to make it. So, fuck you all
1: <laughs> <laughs> except the fans don't don't, don't the not fans. The, fans. <laughs> the fans I mean, the people
0: involved in, in, in the the outside the yes outside yeah. <laughs> certainly yeah cause some of these pauses we've had to deal with
1: yeah yeah don't no, screw, right. screw everybody uh, just uh take the reins and uh try and I mean it's it's really cool it's really cool so I love hearing about like you know the evolution of an idea and a concept and how it got to where it was where it is and it's like yeah so you didn't actually plan on having these 17 minute episodes or whatever it's like no that just felt good that felt right
0: it just felt it it felt to me like it was fixing to me it fills a space that I didn't know anybody needed Mm. but once I once it hit me in the once it hit me I was like this is exactly the kind of thing we need right now. Cause like most part horror storytelling podcasts, they really are long.
2: They're long. Yeah. yeah. Like, like one knife, hour knife point hour. horror is like <laughs> an hour long. Yeah. And I mean, I think what we were saying earlier, how like the, you know, beneath the red umbrella, the story length is, is so, I don't know. I use this word a lot, but it's digestible. It's short yeah. enough that your brain can get the whole story. You're not overburdened with too many details that you're like trying to keep straight. It fits into the you know the number one use case for podcasts, which is people's commute to and from work. And you're also left kind of wanting to hear it again because of because the investment level was short enough that mm-hmm. it makes it uh, snackable. You know, yeah, you yeah. Like, oh, I want to go through those again. I want to go through season one of Beneath the Red Umbrella again. I want to listen to all of them again. It's not a six-hour undertaking. It might take you an hour and a half, and that's right. like huge. Everyone's attention spans are getting shorter. Everyone's time is is hard pressed for. You know, uh, what piece of media are you going to choose to consume? So when your media falls into a nice little crack little crevice of time that people have it's perfect it really works so i think i think that's that's really you know a a great kind of way that it ended up turning out
0: no absolutely it's so key to me now looking again hindsight 2020 (laughs) it's so vital that beneath the red umbrella fill that space i do not think because this has been don't want to talk it up too much but this has been insanely successful for us we have had a lot of listenership like a lot that's awesome (laughs) like i look at the i look at the numbers weekly when we launch a new episode and i just happen to because i try not to think too hard about that i I don't want that to be right why i'm making things right be a creator first on top Mm -hmm. um but every, every week I do, I have no choice because that's how my podcast provider works. The other episodes are staring me in the face and the viewer count accumulated through all channels is on the side of the episode. So I can't right. help but look at it. And every week I look at it and I go, what?
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, hell yeah, man.
0: It's very cool. It's very cool. No, this this has been insanely successful. So I think, and I think that the length of time is so key to that success for what we're doing, and I don't think honestly, like as an as, as now, this is like you know, a writer, director, an artist, the artiste,
2: as Auteur. an artist,
0: I really really don't want people to listen to something that I created for a half an hour and then get bored and then forget mm-hmm. to listen to the other half hour. I want people because again another vital thing about beneath the red umbrella is you have to listen to the ending oh yeah of every episode well that's where you get the 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 trademark james lamont twist i like to call it the surprise spin kick to the stomach that's that's that's, uh... that's what i that's what i go for it's like oh you thought you thought you knew what was going on. No, <laughs> you don't.
1: Got to wait for don't. that surprise spin kick to the stomach. That may be the uh, title of this episode, James. Uh, <laughs> I
0: think that it. should be. <laughs> I'm with it. I'm with it because that's that's what I always see. Like I'm like I always picture it in my head. Like I'm very um a very I know like being a horror guy. It would kind of be surprising, but I'm very surprised. I'm very influenced by like old martial arts movies and. Just Japanese culture in general, and karate, and all that. So I always picture myself just walking away from somebody and go, "Oh, you thought," and then I spin around and kick him in the stunt. Hey, yeah, pretty much, <laughs> yeah. So that's that's where that's where the trademark James Lamont twist comes from. If I don't read it and go, "Oh, it's got to be better,"
2: <laughs> right, right, I I can do better. I got to kick him in the gut. Mm-hmm.
1: Right because you know, if they're expecting it and they think they know everything, then what's the fun? Mm-hmm. even if they think they know everything I mean and and this is this is what I remember talking to you about the last time you were on um with one last kill that's so that's you know especially that one. It was about like you know, uh, you I said to you, I felt like the story was kind of um like, oh, I've seen this before this is, this isn't breaking any new ground like at first and then you got that surprise spin kick and I'm like, oh, I'm James LeMond's bitch and he made me think that on purpose
2: <laughs>
1: and he right. manipulated the fuck out of me as the viewer and that yeah. is an amazing skill. Um and it's it's also just next level writing, as far as I'm concerned. Any any time that you know uh, you can trick the the viewer into going, oh, <laughs> oh my god, this is this is so plebeian. I'm so I'm just so, I know all the uh, plot points that are gonna uh, happen before they even happen. I'm the smartest, and then they like you know get that surprise spin kick. Um, I think that's very awesome. Um, yes. so all right, so. You had these. You had a million scripts. You had narrowed it down to six. Hopefully, there's there's some more for season two. I, I imagine will happen. Um, Maybe. But so when Absolutely. this at the at the time of recording this episode, there are four out, but there is another one that will be out by the time this airs. So if you're listening to this on Tentacle Tuesday, or uh, yeah, just Tentacle Tuesday, there's there's one last episode that's going to come out tomorrow. So uh, definitely oh, no,
0: one more after that one.
1: Oh, it so there's. Sick yeah there, i know so it'll
0: be
2: so
1: so four out but the by the time that this episode airs it will be
2: only one left oh sure oh. yeah because that'll yeah, be yeah. next yeah. tuesday five five will be out by the time you hear this
0: yeah i think you especially specifically steve because you love those james Lemon spin kicks yes <laughs> i'm gonna throw you a little bone i'm not done with you yet Okay. <laughs> not by a long shot. The kicks are gonna keep
2: coming, man. You better wear a cummerbund. Okay. A cummerbund.
0: I promise you. And this is a lofty <laughs> statement. This, I, I guess. But at this point, I'm just gonna say it. I promise you, you will not see the end of this thing coming. Okay. Nice.
2: All right.
1: Gauntlet throne.
2: <laughs> All right. Like, so one my, of the things one of the things I wanna I wanna bring up. So for, for people who who maybe you know they, they haven't listened to any of it yet, each episode is self contained. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it's season one, there'll be six, but each episode is self contained. But there is a through line in the in in the shape of a calling card that every episode always refers back to. Now I I'm not gonna like
0: pay attention.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, big time. When I after I listened mm-hmm. to him, I texted Steve, and I was, and we were like talking about it. But um, you know, obviously you can't say too much. You still got machinations and plans and stuff that haven't come out yet. But I'm thinking that there will be something larger that ties all of them together, and that it's not just a throwaway. Oh, don't forget what show you're listening to. It is. It is very much like a. This is indicative of a, you know either a company or a specific person or something that is tying these together. But as a listener, they are like the stories themselves are kind of, yep. you know, each start to finish 20 minutes. That's it. Right. And if you
1: listen to them out of order, it doesn't it, at, at this particular at moment, this point, it at this
0: point, it doesn't matter. The only but, one, the, I will tell you this. The only one that is very important that you listen to last is episode six. Okay. You can listen to them in any other order, anyway, doesn't matter. Mm. There isn't a chronological through line. Okay. It's different than that. But you are right.
2: You are cool. right. Okay. Interesting. Cool. I, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited a lot by that. Um, <laughs> and uh and and I mean I think that's actually that that's kind of like the the thing that we were saying about the 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 films you've done from, from with you know 508 is that there are details that are left out there in, in your films that make it feel like, you know, you're not necessarily going to get the whole answer, but mm-hmm. you're going to be left thinking about the whole answer. Right. And so I wasn't sure if, if Beneath a Red Umbrella was going to go for that of like, we're just we're going to make you wonder or if we'll get all the way there but obviously there's still two episodes to go um so you know I- i'll be right there with everybody else in the listening world uh check yep. it out um i do have to point out that uh my my favorite episode so far has been chapter 3 um the grim i think uh dan Bouchard's performance as angelo was like fucking awesome and and honestly like the twist was really really satisfying and, and it was just like I don't know I, I'm not I don't want to like spoil anything but I, I'll just say like you you wrote it well and you did something I like a lot, which is information is given to you that you then forget about and then it comes back and you're like, holy shit. I, I, I forgot all about that.
0: Yeah. And, I mentioned, it, uh, I I mentioned that. it once in the beginning. Once in the of, beginning. the very beginning. And I love <clears throat> yep. that. I love that. Yeah. I love
2: when movies do that or mm-hmm. anything does that, where it's like the first act or first instance is something that you're just kind of, you're just taking in details. You're not really latching onto anything. And then later it comes back and you're like, oh my God, that mattered. Like that yep. was important. And that's yep. just, that's just good that's good storytelling. So I loved chapter 3. Um but the the one I actually thought was scariest was was chapter 2, Dispatch, cuz like that scenario is very very, you know, it's very real, you know, to be like a police dispatch and like mm-hmm. you're in just some normal place and nothing ever goes wrong and then all of a sudden like I I don't hear I don't hear back from, you know. Right. It was uh, a different uh, lens. couple of officers.
1: It was a different lens to see a story that is kind of familiar. And you're, that, that, more than the other three, is clearly your homage episode to, you know, one of your heroes, clearly. Um, but, you know, it, it was, was a, a really unique.
0: Me- I made to myself. What's that? It was a uh, dispatch was a dare I made to myself. Really? <laughs> what was.
1: Did you. Did you. Was It was a dare, not a bet. I was going to say, did you lose? You don't really
2: lose a dare
1: unless no, you unless you get dared to do something dumb, out. and then you know you yeah. lose was something it, permanent,
0: like a. Was it your, uh,
2: you know, your Romero dare? It the was well, no, it's
0: obviously a homage to Romero. Right, um, mm. that's like not even. Yeah.
2: Right, you're not trying to be coy about that. You're like, right, no, yeah, that's what I'm it's doing like here. Like
0: remotely a pretend like, "Oh no, I didn't.
2: Not, <laughs> I've never it seen."
0: It <laughs> no, like boy. without him it wouldn't exist. But I also firmly believe believed that was no way to make zombies scary anymore. I right. thought we I thought it had been done. Like I thought the subject had been done. And then I pulled out this, like, three-page treatment I had for this idea, and I'm reading it, and it was called Dispatch, and it was the basic gist of what Dispatch is. And I'm just like, I can make this fucking scary. I can make this scary as hell. I know (laughs) I can. So that's where Dispatch came from. But I, it's just one of those things, and I feel like that's the only one that has, like, a traditional monster, right? And mm-hmm. it there's other monsters, but they're definitely not they're they're products of my own insane brain. They're not
2: the traditional
0: stuff. Yeah. They're not a classic. Yeah, you know? yeah. So that was the other thing was like, can I take a clock? Because I already made. I'm not trying to talk myself up. but I already made vampire scary as shit. So what can I do for something else? And that was my mm-hmm. one challenge to myself for that. And I think that might be a reoccurring thing through the seasons. I might take one horror trope that people have may not expect anything to be really scary anymore. And I'm going to challenge myself to try and make it terrifying.
1: Yeah. You're going to yeah. give that werewolf alopecia.
0: <laughs> I don't I know. That I was, That was a hundred percent comedy, by the way, that was not a horror story. It was, it was this guy that was just not.
1: No, I want you to give that, give that treatment another look and go, <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I can, can make, make this it scary. scary as hell. <laughs>
0: I don't know. I have some really good comedy dialogue in that thing. I believe it's one. <laughs> be there's one thing uh. where, like this, this like Jane Silent Bob type pair of campers, almost like the, the guys from Bro, is like, this looks like a giant penis. <laughs> I don't know. It's funny. <laughs> well, I time, mean, though. the best
2: the best horror comedies are the ones that are actually funny and actually scary. Like Slither, yeah. fucking Absolutely. awesome movie Absolutely. because it's I mean, actually genuinely both funny and scary. So like I don't know. I don't know. And iggy.
1: Iggy and, works. right, and
2: and gross as shit. Yeah, yeah the, the
1: ig factor in slither. <laughs> yeah, the ig factor is real high. My <laughs> my
2: wife still has not watched that movie cuz she's like it's all about snakes. I'm like it's not about snakes, but it is about worms and but it it's is real gross. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's, so, totally like, worse it's than snakes. <laughs> yeah. It's not <laughs> Yeah, she's got she's got like a snake phobia and I'm like I don't know though. You might you might definitely have a different phobia. I might this. definitely
1: not. <laughs> uh <laughs> shut up <laughs> i don't shut want to up. The shut up, fuck you <laughs> yeah i love um, that movie that movie's so great yeah um hell yeah man well um so i want to talk about too i want to talk about the uh the the audio now you told us before we got started uh who was doing the the, the soundtrack so I'd, I'd like you to talk on that and just go from there, you know, let's hear about like, what's your process for adding your sound effects, cultivating your sound library? Uh, are there things that you're like looking for because you heard it and liked it in a movie and you're trying to find something similar or like, what's your process there? Because there is a lot of sound design in these episodes. So let's, let's hear about the, the, the soundtrack first, cause it's got a, you have a great theme song. It plays yeah. at the beginning and end of every episode and it's, it's very it's very memorable. It's it's simple, but it's also very classic. It's yeah. very classic horror, eighties sort of horror. Uh, really, really cool stuff.
0: Well, um, so who's the composer? Jeremy Jeremy Aruda, director of Strawberry Lane, composer for the box. He's my partner in crime, my co-confident. I mean, he's we we're always working on collaborations mm-hmm. and whatnot, and we took a lot of time. When I first decided to go, this is what we're doing. And he designed the, the actual, the logo, the red umbrella as well. Okay. Nice. And we took a lot of time to like, really go like, where are we taking the audience before we even tell them a word? Where headspace are we putting them in? And we, he came back with the score the the theme song and he listened and i listened to it and i put it in the first episode and it just it just fit it just worked it was perfect it was Mm -hmm. exactly what we were going for and everything that got built all the the ads with the 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 hitchcockian moving letters and like all the 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 weird creepy stuff we've been doing with advertising it was all built around that theme nice as soon as we got that theme in place i was like this is the last piece of the puzzle this is it this this, and it unlocked the whole motif really it it was it was it was the master key and it 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 all fell into place from there because until i had that score i was not convinced that really i i I was not convinced i was like yeah the episodes are cool and like them but it needs it needs that it needs that opening beginning and it needs to be perfect or this is just not going to sound cool it's not going to work and then jeremy came with that and it just a bomb yeah
1: well you know i i just appreciate a good theme song because theme songs were dead for a long time just you know across tv across you know all sorts of mediums i mean like you know i think that uh you know james gunn has spoken on this at length as to why he made the theme song that he did for peacemaker is because mm-hmm. he wanted to bring theme songs back. It's like, yeah, what happened to theme songs? You know, this would have worked with a, a dissonant sting like, you know, the opening of Lost, technically. You know, would it have been as memorable? No. You know, this is something that like at the at the beginning of a new episode, I'm like, I don't I don't want to skip this. Like this right. is part of it. This is getting me hyped. This is all the hype factory right here. It's and, on, yeah. on
0: purpose. It's on yeah, purpose. Yeah. And that,
1: yeah. I mean, that's what a good theme song will do. I mean, you know, any anytime, you know, you, you go back to shows that you loved as kids or over over the course of your life that had good theme songs, you you like th- that's part of it. It's like, okay, now, now I'm watching whatever it is, um, you know, especially, 100%. especially like, you know, mask the 80s cartoon mask, because the show is actually, it's the one case where the, the theme song is actually the the, it was hyping nothing because that show sucked. But the, the, the theme right. song it, it peaked
2: at the theme song. Theme and song plummeted. is just so
1: goddamn amazing. Oh my god, the theme song to Mask.
0: Oh yeah, no, right. it's fantastic.
1: I got myself all it's worked up. Awesome, right. Oh Jesus, I'm flustered now.
0: I gotta mask. Go it's all part. It's all part of the experience. That yeah. that's exactly right. That's that it needed that, and it needs to be as long as it is. Like I have yep. heard people yes. like, oh we need to shorten it. Blah, blah. I'm like nope. Yeah. I was like no. It needs to start with that violin and yep. end with that silence and everything in between has to happen that way. Mm-hmm. It just it's not going to work otherwise. I was like yeah. I'm telling you. I am telling you this is what it has to be. Mm-hmm. And I'm and glad I stuck my foot in the same. I'm glad side. too. I'm glad too. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean when I when I played the first episode and I heard how long the intro was, I was caught off guard. I was like, wow. Yeah, okay. You don't this it. is this is like a seriously like, you know, dedicated chunk of time for this music. And then my head was thinking, all right, I wonder if this is going to be shortened for the following episodes. And then each subsequent episode I'm like, nope, that's the full length of it. And then it became it became something I was looking forward to yeah. because it's like that, you know, like you're saying, it sets the stage. It's got this presence, it, you know, it sees you in and it sends you off. And, um, you know, I don't know. My brain is wired in a way that like music and like, you know, songs and shit like that, they just get like totally etched in there. And I shit you not, like after just hearing the theme song, Across four episodes, like it's it's in there. Like it is in the Rolodex. I can think of the theme from beneath the red umbrella apropos of nothing. Like it has enough of a presence that yeah. it just totally lives in my head head rent-free now. And that's cool as shit because talk about a a difficult thing to to try writing something memorable in the horror genre where so many so many minimalist soundtracks have been used in the past and i mean you know my all time favorite era of horror is you know the the 80s and 90s where you had these really strong senses of identity for the theme song where whether it's you know halloween or nightmare on elm street or you know there's just these different ones that are really powerful and you guys freaking tapped into that like you you guys have a a theme that's like it's simple it's striking it's memorable and it etches itself into your head that you're like I could I could hear this anywhere and be like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that's from beneath the red right, <clears throat." throat> right, like it's cool. It's we'll really
1: played cool. it for, played forever, never changed it, ch- never change it, and it'll just it'll just become iconic. That's just how that works.
0: Yeah, no, I mean that's a testament to Jerry more Jeremy's musical talent than my grand vision. He gave me the piece, and I went, yes, that's mm-hmm. that's.
2: Yeah, the he's, plan. He's, he's very fun. very it, talented, it, dude.
0: Yeah, it's totally. his genius that that made that all snap together right there. That that part was not me. But I you, you tapped into a really important thing a second ago when you said Oops no one <laughs> does good horror scoring anymore.
2: Not I, not not in my mind. I mean it's, I it's was all...
0: adamant adamant that these would be fully scored creations that these mm. would have the mood that they would have an emotional change as the film as it as the story continues on it would bring people we would get back to a simpler time when music mattered in our media music doesn't matter anymore and that makes me so angry yeah i I couldn't agree i
1: mean i mean it's you know it's just another thing that has gotten you know dumbed down you know like uh like the movie posters the same way you know there, there were there were things that were just part and parcel of you know what made the experience as memorable as it was for us things that we saw things that we loved and you know watched a million times or whatever and uh you know a lot of that stuff just dropped away. Um, Some of it is is the writing as well. Some of it's like, Okay, well, you know, you don't have um, people are just shooting for low, low hanging fruit, as far as plots go and just, you know, copying somebody else who's already copied somebody else who's already copied somebody else. And so you're getting these stories that don't feel original, they're too derivative and uh and it's just not exciting. You get that? You get you, you literally the poster died in the nineties so freaking hard and fast. I mean, you know, it's almost like Drew Strews retires. There's there's no more decent posters. Like nobody else can do it. And then and then the score and and also when it comes to things like TV shows, theme songs and theme songs, I think really died in the late 90s. I think there was there was still some good ones going on in the late 90s, early 2000s hit. And, you know, uh, it's it's just it's just all let's get it over with as soon as we can. Let's do a quick title card. There'll be a a sound and uh, it's a it's a five second affair. And we're going to get down to business. And it's like, okay, but like you, you're you taking away a lot of stuff that I love, though. Um, And so yeah, no, I'm I'm glad to see you, you know, you bring in the sexy back, James.
0: That's kind of the point. I mean, part of the point. It's, uh, it's it's a footnote on my bullet points of things that I want to accomplish with beneath the red umbrella. Yeah, is to bring sexy back check. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> people have said, yeah, as a criticism oh this isn't going to appeal to the youth because there's this and this and this and i was like fine by me (laughs) yeah do you you know the level
2: of investment that the youth has it's not like they're an audience that's captive anyway if anything if you get the attention of the young you know audience today you will have their attention for a day
0: at the fucking most
1: you need to plan out your second screen experience that first of all what's on what's going on in the second screen experience
0: that's but that's my point is like yeah this is not for people with even though it's bite-sized and you have to like and you have you only have to pay attention for 15 20, minutes. 20 25 minutes tops I think one episode touches like right on the cusp of twenty five minutes. The fact is, you got to pay attention, mm-hmm. right? You're not you going to get listen. anything out of it if you're putting it on as background noise and just like going off and doing something else.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's not why. If that's what you're going to do with beneath the red umbrella, please do me a fucking favor. Don't <laughs> listen. <laughs> right. I'm wasting you're wasting my time. I'm wasting your time. Go listen to some NPR or
1: tick, whatever. Ticking talks. Go watch some tick some ticks. Go watch some talks.
0: TikTok. Go think, this is not the space for you. If you mm-hmm. can't give something under your if you can't give twenty minutes of your undivided attention to something, you're not gonna get anything out of it.
2: Right. And I mean, no. you know, it's it's telling that, you know, TikTok started a, a whole, you know, mass kind of movement of every platform now being Instagram having stories and YouTube having shorts and every platform that had longer form media now needs to have this bite-sized media. So with under the red umbrella or beneath the red umbrella, you're not going to have the attention of the youth who has the micro attention span anyway. So it doesn't even matter. You know, there's no point to tailor a bunch of stuff to a demographic that isn't going to engage with your creative vision anyway. If they if they do, awesome. But there's no point to tailor it for that because no, you're also going to f- screw over the people who you do genuinely really want to make something for.
0: Exactly. This is for, truly, this is for, and I I, I mean, we say it all the time, like our movies are for horror fans. This is for horror fans. This is for people that feel like they've been left in the dust somewhat in modern horror, because modern horror is very much a flash over substance s- scenario. Especially jump
2: scares abound. Like, jump scares. Not...
0: I mean, franchise horror is fucking terrible. I don't. I don't know how else to say that. <laughs> Yep. Like, James Wan's horse shit Like, yeah. he can just Go back to Australia as far as I'm concerned He hasn't made a good movie since Saw 3 And that was Lee Wannell anyway So, what does it matter? What? Um, ooh Yeah, I said that Uh <laughs> but no, I mean, even Dare I say it A lot of independent horror They go for the low-hanging fruit They go for the easy thing They go for the slasher movie that really isn't bringing anything new to the table. And that's fine and dandy. And I'm glad that people enjoy that for what it is. I would hate myself if I did that. Hmm. I could not wake up and look at myself in the mirror and say, <laughs> You're a fucking artist. <laughs> I would be like, You that's, are a pathetic that's fucking so hat.
2: important. <laughs> like, like the fact that you have an integrity and I mean, I hope that all, you know, creative folks ha- have some sense of integrity with that kind of stuff. Some people just, you know, nice they ma- they're, they're, they're trying to make something. No, but like some people are just trying to make something, right? It's just like the same idea of like, well, you know, the first thing you make can't be perfect. There's no concept of perfection. Don't, don't fuck with perfection. Just make something and move on and you know sometimes that's the stepping stone for people to get to the point where they feel confident to make something truly memorable but sometimes you just got to make something kind of generic first but i i i totally feel like you know there's there's a a loss of like kind of heart and soul and and Mm. a lot of like horror movies now do just feel kind of, you know, I, I don't see a lot of them because not a lot of trailers really turn my head. I mean, the last, you know, horror movies that I remember really wanting to check out were like uh, Hereditary and Sinister and, you know, some of those other ones that I, I think had something at least seemingly interesting going for them. But um yeah, I really don't engage much with modern horror. It's not something too much. I mean, Terrifier was excellent. I, I really liked uh oh shit. What was the other one that people were way into? Uh Steve, the the Siamese Malignant? Malignant. Malignant was pretty malignant. sick. That was I, fucking I, I, good. I know I, I
1: just and I Malignant that's a throwback and a half i mean I, oh, yeah.
2: oh my god all the way home we were watching that like oh my god this is like the heyday of horror mentality like this is fucking
0: awesome and that twist i mean yeah who oh, the sick. hell saw that coming that was so amazing. good that was amazing
1: loved it yeah, yeah. no i, I really but, enjoyed that one
0: unfortunately that is the exception not the rule hmm. Right. It is.
1: It is, yeah. And I think that, yeah. you know, a lot of writers, if not all writers, start um start out by, you know, imitating. I think that that, you know, yep. and you can call that low-hanging fruit or whatever, but it, or paying homage or whatever like to a to a certain extent, you know, you're you're like, "Oh, well, I like the thing, so I'm going to do my version of it or something like that." And that's that's all fine and good. There's nothing like truly terrible about that. But I think what we're saying is like, you know, you sort of need to move past that, you yeah. know, learn, learn stuff by doing that.
2: Develop and, your comfort zone and then go outside of it. and then, yeah, you and then
1: find it. your voice. You got to find your voice. And for, you know, what you're saying, James, like, you know, you wouldn't be able to look at yourself in the mirror. It's like, yeah, because, because you have a strong voice. So, you know, you know, you have something to say. You have, you have an agenda that you are trying to, you're like, I want to tell a certain type of story in a certain type of way. And I want the audience to feel a certain type of way. I want them to feel like comforted by all the nostalgic stuff on one level, but I want them to never know what's coming next. And um, I think that that's, that's really super awesome. And um, that is definitely what drew me to your stuff for sure. Um, Overall, like I've said over and over, I mean, you're just, you know, we're just fans and uh, you're just going to have to take all the compliments, man. Just take it.
0: Take it. it. I'm Eat getting it. better at it. I'm getting yeah. better at it. I am i am getting better at it. I signed an autograph a couple of days ago without like rolling my eyes at myself. Like, mm. it, was nice. it was the first. It was the first. Usually when people ask me to sign things, I'm just like, I'm not that cool. Why? But just, was like, oh, <laughs> you man. don't
2: want this. <laughs> no, oh,
1: man.
0: It, it,
2: it's
1: nice. It's nice. It's, uh... So, so no, let's I, just. Let's steer steer the ship. We're at an hour now. So um, let's, 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 uh, let's get a couple. I want to make sure we cover a couple more things. So let's go back to the whole, the sound engineering and the sound effects. I'm still, I'm really interested by that. So, so if you're going, you know, to you, you, you have a score written by Jeremy, you have some, some bits. You also have a lot of sound effects and different just elements I like cinematic elements, you have stings, you have swells, you have, you know, various types of things that are helping move the story along. How do you how do you choose these? Are they are they things that you kind of already have ideas for? Or you just kind of browsing a sound bank and you're like, Oh, I got I can put that somewhere. Like, how, how does it work for you?
0: I and I think this is very, very, very important for the project. I approach every episode from a completely different standpoint in sound engineering. Okay. Not because you can't, when you're creating something like this, it's like a movie. You don't have a blanket catch all process to tell every story because every story is going to be completely different and rely on different cues, thoughts, mm-hmm. and plans. Like if I went into I guess the best two episodes I could use so far to to describe the differences in my approaches are Dispatch and Love Agoraphobic. Mm. Okay. Love Agoraphobic is the most sound effect light of the episodes. Right. Love Agoraphobic is 100% about the mood and letting the actors do the job. The only things you have for sound effects in Love Agoraphobic are a knock on the door and a glass bottle breaking.
1: And oh right yep
0: yep whereas on the opposite side of that spectrum dispatch is a non-stop oral assault on all yeah. of your all of the senses in your eardrums it's it an oral
2: assault happen. on precinct 13.
0: yeah it is it is <laughs> unrelenting like, was that
1: the number of the precinct though?
0: no I don't what a I coincidence went, i i i tried to work it in i really did because i you did I, <laughs> i i wanted i wanted nice. i mean a song precinct 13 was a big inspiration on that story anyway yeah and, yeah uh, regardless but you, you when you do something like this i really really did just everything that i did for one episode i completely pulled it out of my mind and brought in a whole new thought process for the next episode and i it's so important to making each of these stand out individually but, do
2: you, um, sorry. I was going to say, do you, do you find that you have an idea of placement for sounds ahead of time? Or do you just kind of like record all of the dialogue and then go, okay, now I'm going to look at it through the lens of what sounds are needed.
0: It's funny you should say that because if you looked at one of my director scripts, not the scripts I sent out to my cast to do the acting, but my director script where I have all of the extra pieces in there that are you would think that i was crazy because i have some (laughs) stuff that's like right bordered some stuff that's left bordered like it's like this sound's gonna be on this side this sound's gonna be on this side okay
2: that's interesting as hell though because i wondered that i'm like you know how do you think about that do you save it all until the end or do you just go into it thinking like this would be already kind of figured out a little
0: bit some some stuff some stuff i had figured out some stuff I had to kind of figure out how to create because I didn't have a sound for it. Like um the best one I could like the the, the, the throat ripping impact in in uh dispatch when Sanders gets it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have anything for that, so I record I took a little ta- task recorder and I smashed a peach. And then I slowed it down to fifty percent, so you get that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some of nice. the, some of the sound effects I created myself, just me using my brain and being crazy. And then some I tapped into licensing, and like I pulled mm-hmm. in, you know, a lot of the scoring I pulled license licensing from composers and stuff like that to use. But even in that space, I also manipulated it to fit what we were doing. Like mm-hmm. I would hear, I would hear a song or. A soundscape and i go i dig that but i think it would sound cool if i pulled this other soundscape in under it slowed this one down so it's still its own original concept right even though i'm pulling in all of these extra elements that people have already yep. created
1: Yeah. well the things that i noticed you know the the foley aside the things i notice a lot are the all the sound cues and stuff and you you will sometimes have just You know, at at the right, like little bit of dialogue in the background, you hear this this very subtle, like, or just like a, mm, just like a dissonant Uh, little, very very subtle. You know, you know, most people probably aren't even aware that it's happening. It's you're just experiencing it, but, but, uh, I mean, like, I I always love that kind of stuff, and, um, so the that that stuff is is there's a lot going on with that. Like sound effects aside. Um, cause the sound effects are like almost the, yeah, the story has to drive it, right? Like it, you, you need a door. Okay. I need a throat rip, but like, there's nothing that says you need that little dissonant peel behind that line, but there was something that told you to put it there. Yeah. I, that's what I think is more interesting. Yeah. So like, if, if you're, you're going and you're like, you know, this, this needs a little, this needs a little foghorn, like, like, like what. A-
0: that that's just like how do i word this off sounding too much like a pretentious asshole
1: no you've already it's 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 you're already a pretentious asshole we love you anyway okay it's fine
0: are you like the pinball wizard do it
2: james do you play by sense of smell or some (laughs) shit?
0: i can't really say it any other way it's instinct yeah Yeah. it's instinct i i i feel it when i'm creating when i'm putting it all together and i go no the mood needs to shift here Mm. it needs to kind of you kind of the the audience needs to hear the sand peeling out from underneath their feet like they need to feel something here they and it's really it's a it's i'm trying to trigger the subconscious i'm not people might not even realize that this thing changed be like oh the mood changed didn't it Mm. i feel weird now
1: why am I suddenly uh, suddenly nervous right now? Like, what yes. something's gonna happen. Yeah. Why? And it's yeah. like, well, there's a lot of stuff going on that you're just not noticing because, yeah, the music can just simply hit the subconscious, like you're saying, because you're so paying attention to the story and like the characters and the dialogue and what's gonna happen next. That a lot of times, like it, you know, you just don't notice. Mm-hmm.
0: And I okay. think that.
2: Oh, oh, go ahead. No, go, go right ahead. Go right ahead.
0: Oh no, I was gonna say, and I think that it's also vital. To the episodes when i pull all of that away when i make it silent where you're just hearing right. the narration, and then right it's kind of right. like a reset where i build yeah. up something else yeah
1: there was there was I
0: pulled a couple of times
1: there was stuff like that in the first episode and like there was uh you know there's this thing i love this i love this anywhere in any form when you do when you cut background ambiance that you you aren't even aware of at all and then it stops and you're like oh my god what the fuck just happened right what
2: is missing yeah
1: and it's really effective it really can be really effective in general when 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 that's done and i do yeah, I love that the right
0: yeah thoughts. it's very very abrupt powerful the whole mood changes like mm-hmm. it's 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 a key element it's a key element doesn't always have to be loud noises to scare people. You can just, no. it can be no things. noise. Right. Yeah. You can stop things and go, Whoa, Hey, whoa, whoa. What just happened? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think mood and atmosphere abound in these, these short radio plays. I mean, they, they really, uh, they really do take you on a journey emotionally and you're, you're there, you're with it. Um, so I want to make sure we talk about the actors. You know, we, we've talked about your stellar cast and, um, Ah, uh, so how how does it work? how How do you uh, do? You let people record themselves, but give them direction, uh, like in some way. How how do you uh, how do you manage all of that? Obviously, complete. there's a lot of people.
0: It's chaos. It, it was chaos getting it all lined up because we're all busy, busy people when it comes to like all the other things we have going on. So getting people in. And it was basically, I mean, this is the one thing that I will say was like less planned out and more just get in where you fit in, complete hodgepodge. It was like some people were coming in on Zoom calls. Some people were coming to my house and recording at the studio here. Some people were doing it on their cell phones and then like emailing it to me, like with my direction, obviously. I would send them my director's notes and say, this is what I'm looking for. And they just killed it. It was just we just got really lucky like that, where we didn't have to fight through it too much to get the characters out of people. Mm. Um, and that's a testament to how wildly freaking talented these people are. They're just mm. they're incredible. Totally. Um, but no, this that was the one aspect that was really crazy. There was one Zoom call very early on in the process where I had three people in the same call doing parts. For three different episodes.
1: Oh it was, wow. It wow.
0: was lunacy. It was just scheduling. It's that's the one tough part about something like this is like, and you want to be as flexible as you can because everybody donated their time. Yep. Um, to do it. So you don't want to be like, well, we need everybody on this day, this day, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, very adamantly. So that was the one place where I was really flexible. I was like, all right, well, we can all do it this day, great, but we all have to get in on this one call and get it all done. And it was weird. It was weird. It's definitely a different directing experience than directing a film, which is very much a very more stringent, like, okay, we're all here this day because we all <laughs> get in front of a camera. So, <laughs> but right, yeah, right. It, it was wild. It was
1: it was So wild. did you ever have a, a, an instance where somebody turned back a performance and you're like, you know, I like this, but, it's really not what I was thinking for the character. And you had to go back and say, can you give this another shot? Can you try it a little differently? I'm thinking more like this Nope. kind of a thing. No
0: one just worked out. I can, I can, I can say that with almost confidence. Everybody came in understanding the assignment. Everybody, every single one of my actors came in saying, I think I've got it. And they did. And nice, nice. That is a first. It's never been that easy before. <laughs> it might not ever be that easy again. But it it just we just we just it all lined up right. Nice. We just Got lucky. But it was very, very easy on the actor side to direct them. There was a few things where I would have notes where I'd go, well, maybe try it this way. But it was more about the emotion of the scene than the character they had created. The character was there, okay. yeah, You know what I mean? But that was it. Literally it. They came in, like, knowing what they wanted to do with it. And they took things in places where I didn't even think of it when I was writing it.
2: That's impressive. I mean, that sounds like, you know, every director's dream is you know, I when you have, you know, you have your idea and you have these talented people that you're working with. But they also, I mean, to, to put it bluntly, they give a shit enough about yeah. this role that they're doing that they're actually bringing their own you know, kind of intentions to the character without oh, betraying maybe. anything you're going for, but also they're invested in it and they're just like, they're taking the role and running with it. Like that's that's truly amazing.
0: And I can't really single anyone out in saying that they were like the all-star because they were all all-stars. They yeah. really were. Everybody that came in, everybody from this cast, every episode has really, they really just captured what I was hoping we would get with, with the audio performances And most of them have never done voice voice acting Before so that was like the mind boggling Part about it because I was like Real apprehensive when we started this I was like I know I need this to be acted I know that this is the way It's got to work but Jesus Christ Please just let them be Good at it and they were They were and yeah. we, got, we got obnoxious <laughs> it, it's, it's unfair how lucky we got with that And how good <laughs> it. And I can't wait now that we have the the first season done and we're like the inevitable season two, I can't wait to see what we do with it. Now that we all have a really much better grasp of like how to approach it. Right. It's, gonna, it's just going to yeah. get better. It's just going to get better.
1: <laughs> well, we are friggin' here for it, man. So, I Absolutely. mean, I, I think it's awesome that, you know, this is finding its audience. I think it deserves it um definitely happy to have you on to you know shout out this project we believe in it very strongly um so i mean you know one thing we haven't said is where can people listen to beneath the red umbrella
0: literally everywhere that you would listen to a podcast everywhere where we are all encompassing
2: <laughs> now, oh, everywhere geez. a podcast can be found
0: it my, my my suggestions because of audio quality purposes would be Spotify and iHeartRadio. Um, okay. you no know, Apple Podcasts, people listen to a lot of podcasts and Apple Podcasts and Amazon, but they're not the, the quality is not as good. Interesting. Straight up, it's compressed to shit. They do not let you have enough bandwidth um because they're greedy. Um yeah. So while you can listen to it on Apple and Amazon, knock yourselves out if that's what your options are, especially if you have Prime, obviously I get it. But if you have the option, listen to it on Spotify, listen to it on iHeartRadio, or go to It Came From The 508.com and play it directly right on there. One of the three will get you the best experience out of, out of the bunch, hands down.
1: Nice. You heard it, folks. Straight from the mouth of the man holding the red umbrella himself. I have one, Mister. Mister dude, dude,
0: made me one.
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, That's awesome, man. Uh, hey, you know what? Thanks for coming back on. And absolutely,
0: uh, absolutely, always, always a fun time.
1: Always a fun awesome, time. <laughs> awesome time as always. Um, yeah, well, you know, hey i guess i guess we've covered it but like is there anything else you got going on or is this just been your life for so long now what else you got coming up
0: anything you can talk about well um, i'll do another retro octopus first why not oh I, sure been, it's been it's been decided it's in it's it's been cemented and i can say our feature film abigail is no longer being called abigail um the new name is now going to be called stakes a new england vampire story and we should be having new announcements once beneath the red umbrella is wrapped up which should be like a couple of days after this episode airs we will have new announcements for that i will also say that coming in the fall we will have new compilation blu-rays of both jeremy's all of jeremy's work and a new triple feature blu-ray of remastered versions of the box one last kill and bro supporting 4k hdr and 5.1 surround sound why are we doing that because i can and we (laughs) want to and they look (laughs) fabulous and everyone that has already bought one of our blu-rays don't feel gypped because all kinds of new fun stuff on the, uh, that are going to be on these discs. Awesome! Um, new commentaries, blooper reels, all kinds of wild shit. It's going to be a lot of fun. We got a lot of good stuff coming up this year. Um, besides beneath the red umbrella, and then eventually, once all of that's out of the way, you'll get beneath the red umbrella too. Yeah, there it is. Fuck yeah! Because <laughs> why All not? right. I just figured yeah, no, I'd yeah. announce everything here because I don't have any other podcasts to, to announce them on. You got
1: question. no other podcasts to get behind.
0: <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet.
1: <laughs> There's a lot yeah, of them out just, there though. So yeah, I you know. just dumped
0: a whole I just dumped everything in the kitchen sink on you there. I'm sorry. Yeah,
1: well, you, retroids, <laughs> you heard it here first. You literally you heard it here first. The world has heard it here first. So stakes,
0: a new england vampire tale. <laughs> yes. Is the correct I've, is I've the new screwed name. that up the new name also have the wonderful if anybody's familiar Christopher Butler redesigning our art for the movie right now and it's going to be incredible
1: awesome So yeah is, so last time see I wasn't sure exactly whether or not to bring it up but the last time you were here the main thing you were promoting was the Indiegogo right I think it was an Indiegogo yeah. or uh, for Abigail and of course, yes. of course that you know it didn't end up happening but um but now it okay, so now we know. Now it's still gonna happen under oh, a different it's, name. It's still going to happen.
0: It's just As gonna be a new name, a new art, new everything.
1: Now um, we know it has nothing to do with King Diamond.
0: It's, absolutely. Uh,
1: <laughs> I'm not saying very, very
2: you know, I mean we, we're wondering, you know, we're like, well, were there any references to King Diamond or like
1: Is he gonna be in it no. or like <laughs> I, wish.
2: I I wish. Right? Dude, How. No
1: shit. How merciful is, is this character's fate? I mean, that's what I want to (laughs) know. Well, uh, James, once again, thanks for coming by. And uh, I hope everybody checks out beneath the red umbrella. You definitely, definitely should. It's an awesome, awesome show. And uh, so um, yeah, there's, there's going to be six episodes in the first half and the first, well, the first season. So if I've screwed up and I'm not exactly sure, like, when this is going to come out as I'm kind of thinking about it, but there are six episodes total. Uh, However many are out at this moment. I don't know, but um, definitely go check that stuff out. Throw, throw them a subscribe. Uh, I think you're going to want to listen to all of them. Like, like eight bits said, you know, it's, it's very bingeable and uh and it leaves you it really does leave you wanting more and you know i just re-listened to the episodes um yesterday um we were on it was sunday we were in the car we went on went on a little little day trip for father's day it was pretty fun we uh drove for a couple hours in the car each way and and for one of the one of the ways going there we actually i threw it on and we all kind of just listened to all four episodes it was it was a big hit. Everybody, everybody had fun. I mean the the I mean the fourteen year old wasn't listening. Let's be honest. I, I'm gonna <laughs> too I busy
2: Snapchatting and TikToking.
1: I mean, come on, you know. I, but the uh, but Mrs. Parasite uh, thought it was great. We had a we had a good time, and we actually had the exact same conversation eight bit that you mentioned. Um, one of the things you mentioned was uh oh oh what was it um oh there was something you said earlier, and I was gonna jump in, and we had the exact same. Uh, Oh no, I can't remember. I'm having old man, <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, it was, it was it was great. It was great. So we had a we had a good time with that. So guys, uh, check out Beneath the Red, Red Umbrella. Uh, and thank you so much for checking out this episode of The Brig. Uh, another successful episode, uh, I think. Thanks, thanks in part to James Lamont, returning guest James Lamont. Let's let's give it up, James Lamont. Uh, it, came the it came from the five hundred eight. It came from the five hundred eight productions. Is uh, is the company? Go check out the website. Uh, that that there wraps up the episode. If you haven't jumped ship by now, we certainly hope you've enjoyed this week's journey over the treacherous waters of all the things that made growing up awesome. If you like what you've heard, please hit that little subscribe button and like us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as being a part of the Inebriard podcast network Retro Redox. Hey, that's us. We are a cephalopodcast, in case you didn't know. Uh, we, we are also a full fledged member of the dorkening. And uh, so, please check out some sister shows of ours. We we enjoy them. You will too. You can check out Generation Playlist, Just, Justin Cooper's new music show. It's pretty cool. Oh yeah, yeah. Splash Pages. Uh, I love Splash Pages. I'm on there from time to time. You might even catch me. It's, it's happens. I did did a recent appearance on Splash Pages. We talked about my new book, Black Honey. It was pretty fun. Comic Paradox. Nerds of Unusual Oregon. Or, not Oregon. It's not about Oregon. It has nothing to do with Oregon. Stop thinking
2: about Oregon. I just like
1: Oregon, okay? It's nice. They have mountains, uh, nerds of unusual origin, and so, so, so many more. There's like 30 shows on the network, actually more than 30 shows now. Please check some of them out. For more information or to subscribe to us or any of these great shows about Oregon, please visit thedorkening.com and be sure to check out our killer sponsor, deadly grounds coffee coffee to die for i have been your host parasite steve and as always it is indeed a sad thing that your adventures have ended here beneath the red umbrella good night